Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 710, recording today, Wednesday, 3rd of April, 2022. This is the uh, podcast that's really geared around sort of music technology, all things to do with creation, production, recording, mixing, playing, uh, anything that you can think of uh, surrounding the technology of music. Uh, a very broad church of subjects, fortunately for us, because some weeks there's news, some weeks there aren't. So anyway, I uh, want to say thank Thank you very much to our friends over at Isotope for sponsoring the show. You'll be seeing a little bit from them uh, regarding their subscriptions and the fancy page and also the fact that we've got, uh, yes, there is, in fact, your image here. Okay, I didn't check that. Uh, save 10% on Isotope products using the Sonic to the code Sonic10 by going to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. Nice to see that. And also want to say thank you very much to our friends in the YouTube chat, the IRC and the Discord. Very nice to see you. And if you want to support us on Patreon, feel free. Uh, we're still posting stuff there. In fact, I posted the Goldfrap uh, rig tour with Hazel Mills a couple of days early um, before it was ready to go. There's loads of stuff up there. A very uh, warm and welcoming bunch we have there. Uh, very reasonably priced if you want to join us and uh, have access to like samples, uh, sample sets, uh, free exclusive content, ad-free content, including the pre-show and everything that we do here. Uh, please do join us. It would be a pleasure to have you and uh of course we are down to our guests so let's start over here with mr richard hilton who's there in sunny connecticut um where he is brandishing a sonic state fulsome t-shirt which i'm very pleased to see there and a new system by the looks of things that looks like that's not a cad is it how's it going no no it's a pre-sonus revelator condenser microphone oh interesting and that's a USB jobby, is it? USB 3 and uh, runs with their universal control software, which allows various loop, loop backing, if there is such a word, uh, into it and uh, supports other kinds of input. It's a beautiful thing. Very pleased with and I it. It's interesting. I've been thinking about USB mics just purely because it's it's a very compact thing. There's some really good ones. Actually, I was looking. The Antelope Audio ones look really interesting because they've got like three-channel audio interfaces and some DSP on board as well. So it's kind of a growing market, isn't it? The kind of this concept. Too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got yeah, DSP yeah. too, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it runs nice. the uh, fat channel from their consoles, I guess, which includes a bunch of EQ and compressor emulations which and a gate and some effects that don't really sound all that great and i'm not interested in any way and uh it's good but you useful it's really useful to have like a single kind of channel digital a digital console channel on an input just in a, something you can throw in your bag and connect is it USB C? I can't remember if it was or not yes USB C. and Neat. Uh, i'm very pleased with it Nice. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Anyway, Rich, lovely to have you. You're having a brief break from uh, your uh, chic disco touring, which has uh, been going fantastically. I've been seeing on on UK TV, there's been quite a lot of the re-pushing re, uh, the uh, concert for Ukraine, uh, which you guys headlined in, was it Birmingham? I think it was Birmingham, wasn't it? it yeah, was. a few weeks yeah. back. Yeah, nice. Right. Still getting mileage out of that license they are, <laughs> which is good. Oh, good. good, because it should be <laughs> generating some more uh, contributions, hopefully. Yeah, I do hope so. And uh, a very worthy uh, cause it is too. And if we've got any, uh, we, I know there are some listeners from Ukraine. All the best to you out there. I hope everything is yes, going to be okay. And we're, we're, our thoughts are with you. I mean, I wish we could, uh, we could do more, but we're not the ones in charge and we just have to have to ride out and give our support where we can. But thank you for joining us, Rich. Always a pleasure. Uh, and also we have Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in uh, his studio in Bristol. Have you got even more depth of field going on there? What's going on? Have you get, are you getting even more prime, prime lenses? Or is it just is it just yeah, the light? You've been tinkering. Yeah, just yeah, just tweaking the light a little bit, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good, isn't it? Those lenses make a hell of a difference. Um, can I just say about something? Uh, came uh, through the post today this um, distortion pedal called double trouble and it's really interesting so i think i'm going to do it on my show tonight but it's just worth mentioning because it's it looks like a guitar distortion pedal and can completely function like that but it was actually designed for um putting 808 or 303s through it so it's like a two-channel ah, distortion interesting 24 volts so it's got loads of headroom so you can put line level signals into it but that's what it 
that that's what its design was. But then they tried it with guitars, and it sounds amazing. And I tried it with bass, and I was like, oh, it, what, how brilliant is this? So I'm going to plug an 808 or an RD8 into it tonight, along with some other things, and uh, see what you can do with it. But it's quite interesting, because it's from that synthy drum machine, ravey acid sort of <laughs> angle into uh -huh. your pedal. Yeah, so that's that. I think it's quite interesting because normally you put like guitar pedals through it, and they just can't deal with the line level, can they? No, well, I I, I agree. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, no. So it's something that's going to work with your modular, obviously, which is uh, always close to your heart. How's the rehearsals yeah. going for your Steve Davis gig, or are you uh, are you just going to yeah. go with the flow? No, 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 absolutely not. I'm actually I'm rehearsing quite a lot. Uh, I mean, it's always going to be an improvised thing, but I'm just 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 trying to get better at things you know and um, um but really looking forward to it we're gonna we're gonna do quite a few sessions well i think we're gonna maybe have three times we're gonna get together before the gig so over those times we're gonna record everything that we do um all every jam every every moment we will just record it and i think just trying to really get that improvised language just really work yeah. on that improvised language yeah. and that back and forwardness. And so just trying to learn how to control levels and really be more minimal, if anything, uh, but with a lot of control over how it interacts with the other person. So essentially what you're saying is you're trying to basically get that kind of unspoken language that bands who play for together for years and years in, in three or four rehearsals. But I know you get on, but I know you meet quite right. I mean, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious there because I know you've got that sort of thing going. First time we played music together, it was just an instant. It was just instant connection. It just worked really great. We got a great, great rapport. It just works. I'm nice. really excited about it. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's. A, I've been chronicling my voyage into sort of mo uh, modular through my uh, YouTube channel, um, and now it's actually taken me an, into an unexpected place. That's really exciting. So, um, yeah, and we're going to do more gigs. So we've got the one in July, but we're going to do more. So it's a definite beginning of an interesting journey, which I just. You know, it might. Just and of course, you, you'll have to you'll have to release if you record everything. Then you can release too. So that yeah, perfect. well, that's already in. That we're already kind of working on some ideas for things. Are, you know, um, but there's a lot of music already. We have got uh, about four hours worth. So there's lots to kind of pick through. Um, uh, but yeah, really exciting. And I think nice. the exciting part is that human to human interaction, and that is at the heart of it. You know, it's it's a really it's a expressive communication, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. I am very pleased to hear that. Anyway, um, I, uh, that's good. I, I, for the, actually, I was going to mention, um, if we're, just for talking live, if anyone didn't get the chance to see that, I posted the uh, the rig tour with Hazel Mills at Golf Rap. A lot of people sort of a bit upset that it wasn't full of loads of vintage analog synths, but that would be an absolute nightmare. It's really interesting. I was talking when I was talking to the guys and gals, uh, mostly Hazel actually, about her rig, and then I spoke to Alf, the tech, Alf Cole. He was sort of saying that, uh, you know, yes, we'd like to be able to move everything maybe to Ableton Live rather than have playback because then they could, you know, go around the chorus again or whatever. But just adding a laptop to uh, the system, you know, for the drummer to play and trigger, because you'd need two because you've got an A and a B system. Then you need all the other stuff that goes with it. It's like seven or eight grand added on to the kind of expensive of putting that into a live context. It's really interesting when you think you're having to budget for all of these things in what is already, a, a, you know, because if they've got a string quartet they've got four or five musicians they've got the high they've got the pa they've got the front of house all of this stuff starts to mount up and it's you know the touring a touring band is like a kind of business and you have to justify every investment i mean i think it works incredibly well as it is but uh, if you haven't checked it out do check out the hazel mills tour of the golf rap but it's it's interesting i think anyway um right okay we have indeed uh let me see what we've got first what's first on the agenda uh ah yes uh have i got a video for this i think i have yeah why the hell not play it let's play it yeah, UA goes native. Come and look out the window. 
Yeah, it's a very sort of abstract video. Essentially, what they're trying to convey through the means of uh, music and dance is uh, the brand new uh, Spark, and it's a subscription service. Uh, starts at nineteen ninety nine a month, which is a, a big ask. But what they've done is they've ported, I think it's nineteen or so plugins across from the UAD platform into the world of native, and uh, they also they will also work in lunar format. But these are true native ones, Mac only at the moment but I think that's going to be coming soon as well as uh, M1 Native which isn't such a big deal these days because M1 Native even the Ro Rosetta is pretty powerful but uh, there's uh, Luna uh, uh, Opal sorry a new synth and there's the Waterfall B free organ which you get exclusively as well so it's a kind of experiment there's been some interest I wonder what people's thoughts about this because I mean obviously they've been known for DSP platform since the very beginning this platform which has become Ubiquitous, you know, many, many producers use it. And it's, you know, the great A to Ds and D to As plus the zero latency, which is a very key thing. Rich, I don't know, do you use UAD in your workflow? I seem to remember you've mentioned it before. What what are your thoughts about this? It's kind of, it's an interesting shift. I mean, it's, it's a sort of toe dip rather than a complete change of direction, perhaps. Well, one wonders if uh, the hardware wasn't selling anymore. I don't know, or as well. Or maybe because I don't understand why you end up here unless you're I, I don't see a distinct difference. I, actually, I didn't see a distinct difference between using the hardware and using these in software when I downloaded them until I realized that out of what is probably, you know, 50 or 70 of their products that I have that I can run on my UAD card, five of them currently work as native plugins so to say that this was a bit of a toe in the water for them i don't think is an exaggeration i wish first of all i have friends who work there and i wish them all well and i don't have any you know axe to grind with ua but i don't i really do wonder if this is a response to hardware sales not being what they once were yeah, I, d I don't know. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. But I think I suppose the thing is, is if you want the hardware, quite often you're going to be using the hardware very for that very specific thing. You know, either access to those plugins, but also the zero latency in the A to D and the D to A, which is something that you might not have in other ways. So I guess that makes sense. But right, I take as far point. as interface hardware goes, that makes sense. Um, I have a UAD two Octo card in a outboard magma chassis connected to this computer that I use and uh, and it's fine when I use it um, and it's great stuff and I really like their products so I wish them well with this I'm not I don't have a problem with it I just wish there was more of what I what we have bought available to the native market because it appears that there's strikingly little well, well one thing that they will say is if you've already bought the perpetual licenses for the UAD platform and they and they are available on the UADX. You get it anyway. It's not like you got to pay again. It's just you know this no, is no, to no. bring. And back. I pulled yeah, and yeah. I pulled the five that that work or that are offered that I have, and loaded them up and ran them for a minute just to see what it was like. And yeah, they worked yeah. just fine. Interesting. I think the, the the thing that interested me is the uh, inclusion of new instruments because now they've got the Waterfall B3, they've yeah. got the uh, the Opal, it's a wavetable synth, which I'm, I'm going to be checking out actually. And also there's the piano uh, sample thing, which is, it, it, these are really, which were which previously available only on Luna and the, and the Minimoog as well, I believe that, that that's, that's a license endorsed, whatever. Yeah, so I don't know if you use UAD. I mean, it's probably less about real-time processing in terms of throughput of a live input for you as more of a mix or a post thing so maybe you don't need uad in your life for that reason yeah i mean i just i think i i'd not got burnt but i i'd gone down the power core platform um and so when power core kind of came to an end i thought i've just I, i'm done with that kind of idea uh, um right I want portability as well. And, you know, a lot of the things I do now, if I'm working in Cubase, I will try and restrain the entire, constrain the whole project to the built-in Cubase plugins because it's amazing what's in there. So for the most, if if it's a project that I'm going to be working on with other people, I you know, so I've gone like really 
really far away from other things that I maybe have done in the past. So, for instance, sorry, that's a digression, but, you know, the uh, being tied to the hardware is, uh, you know, is an enormous thing. So if, you know, if your UAD is only in, say, like an Apollo in a rack unit and then, you know, you take it elsewhere, you take your system, out, your, your laptop, you can't work with your plugins. You know, it's a, so it being native would be amazing for long-term users, um, you know, to be able to do that. You know, I think it does as well, for, you know, end a thing that's been just annoying me for years, how some people have been duped by the idea that the DSP in the hardware does some sort of analog magic in the DSP because it's UAD and because it's not in your computer. I mean, it was, you know, they do, some of the plugins do work with the kind of preamp uh controls don't they um, yeah the unison you don't get obviously you won't get that either but yeah but, but but more so just about somehow the dsp is kind of going through some nice crispy vintage stage so you know it's nice crispy you know because <laughs> whereas it's th- just- well to be to be fair in in defense i would say it's more that the fact that you can say you've got an eight channel input you're recording a drums a drum kit you've got enough yeah. dsp to basically mirror a really luscious tasty vintage thing and you uh, record that magic. into the system in real time nice fantastic. yeah fantastic i mean brilliant platform amazing products brilliant uh but yeah this makes sense but i also wondered whether the chip shortage might have something to do with this and like what rich is saying it's like yeah it's kind of curious but then you kind of go well they've got all this kind of software that they can sell but if the hardware is going to become harder and more expensive mm, maybe it's a shortage issue rather than a it's not not that people don't want to buy it that maybe they can't yeah. buy it i mean th- this is pure no. speculation no, and also yeah, there is the news, obviously, that these these have been using Shark chips, Shark DSP chips, for generations of units. And I don't know, I mean, maybe Shark is a kind of a cul-de-sac DSP platform now because lots of things are moving over to ARM just purely because power consumption, maybe cheap. So maybe, that, that you know, it's just harder to get that stuff or harder to kind of to see a Shark, a bigger capacity, higher capacity Shark, which uses less. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know about this stuff. But all of these things, I mean, it seems to make perfect sense to me. I mean, I suggest maybe what they they should do is add a subscription to all of their things. So you could, you could also subscribe to the, if you own the platform, you can subscribe to the plugins that they have or rent the plugins that they have on their platform as well. So you just, if you want the hardware, you get those benefits, but you can still access all those additional plugins. You just don't need to buy them. You can rent them for a month or two for a project and then print or or rent them month to month. And, you know, and, and if they could do that, then that would make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think, you know, moving to subscription or owning whatever or you know rent to own so you rent it you rent it you rent it for eight months and then at the end of the time you can buy it for the price of it would cost minus the eight months that you've already spent you know these are things that uh, computers are good at figuring out and it wouldn't be i don't see how that would be an issue i don't know rich you you look like you might have been ruminating that it's it's a possible you know because you don't always need to buy yeah Understood. That thing. Now that you yeah. don't have to, you, and then you'll assess whether I'm going to be working on this album for two months or six months, and how much I think I'm going to need this particular plugin, and you go from there. Yeah, so, it's yeah. interesting. There's a. I, I think there's a lot of uh, movement, especially in DSP program. There's a, a company, uh, G- GPU Audio. Uh, I think we're going to go and see them at NAMM. Um, they, they're obviously offloading G- audio processing onto GPUs, which is, mu- I mean, I say much more readily available. Most of us have got one or have had one. Maybe we can't get them so easily at the moment because of shortages. But again, those are the sort of DSPs that are super, super, super fast, you know. And also you've got the M1 stuff as well, which is, you know, whether or not it's super super fast or not it, it's it's integrated so it makes makes a certain amount of sense anyway it's available um there's an interesting article actually on uh, pro tools expert uh which uh said they ran all the nato and uh, nato they, they did a session with 80 tracks and did 250 instances of the uadx plugins and then figured out how much dsp they would need to run that if they were doing that uh, on the a UAD platform. And it said, uh, I think they did 242 UADX, they would need four octa-cores, and that would cost around 4K in DSP hardware alone just to run the same number of plugins in a non-native format, which in a mix situation, you don't really need that zero latency, and you maybe you don't need the A to, D, the, the a to Ds, you might need the D2As, but not the A to Ds. So, you know, just a choice, maybe not such a bad thing. 
anyway, um, what uh, what's next? Ah, yeah. Well, we have uh, uh, another instrument out, which is again. Uh, let's let's try this one. This is uh, Spitfire and BT's Polaris from the brain of BT once again. So this is uh, strings recorded at Air Lindhurst, the regular articulations, process, you've got the natural versions, then you've got process versions on stuff like the uh, VHS, but also emulator 2s, Fairlights, Mirage, and you've also got additional synths, which are JPA, OBX, CSAT added to the mix as well. So you've got this kind of enormous filmic pad machine plus the effects and the EDN, EDNA interface that comes with the Spitfire system. Very filmic, very kind of, I mean, we're used to this sort of stuff. I mean, there is a sort of element of a lot of this stuff starts to sound the same when you add a little fifth in it and you add a massive space around it. And <laughs> it's quite hard to differentiate, but we know that BT has a very unique take on it and he's very passionate about these things. We've had him on the show a few times and he's, he's hard to stop when he gets going, which is great to see that energy. And it's obviously gone into this as well. Once again, Spitfire with with yet another library. I think this is uh, 44 gigs, 129 articulations, 421 presets. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because media composers are always looking for that new thing and don't all have the ability to make that stuff. So this, I guess this is the target, I would assume, for this kind of thing. One would hope, based on what it seems <laughs> to do. I listen, as you, you already nailed it with cinematic and, and pad, sort of the ultimate pad machine and atmospheres and textures and i love it feeds into my particular interest in combining acoustic sources with electronic sources so there's a lot about it that uh appeals to me as for what it is it doesn't seem to be based on all of the demos i listen to very much of a lead or melody instrument i mean it really is just about the atmosphere and the texture and as such, it's arguably perhaps a tad expensive. But other than that, I'd love to have one of these around. I think it's most of 300 bucks. This uh, yeah, I think what we're talking is, uh, let me see. So I think it basically, uh, that's not the link I was hoping for, but hey, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's the, uh, what is it? It's three, 268 from 329, where it will be 329. I see. Uh, yeah, ultimately. So around, yeah, so it's 300 bucks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's great sounding. And I listened to all of the demos that I could find. And it's really lovely. And I, I get it. And I kind of wouldn't mind having it. Who knows? Maybe I will buy it at some point. When I, it's when interesting. Whenever, needs yeah, 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 exactly. whenever, when, whenever you see uh, Christian, uh, Christian, Christian Henson did the kind of walkthrough of this, and it was re yeah. he was really nice enthusiastic. Man. I think, yeah, he is a great a guy. Nice man. Yeah, he is. Uh, Gaz, is this, uh, I, I, it, I mean, it's so far away from modular and where your brain is at the moment, but I mean, maybe you have projects that could work with this. I mean, it does look, you know, geared for that sort of mod wheel. Yeah, is it MPU? That changes everything. Uh, I can't tell you that. I, th I know it has, it would, wouldn't it? It does have, it does have like two layers, so you can have a left and a right, uh, or, or a, 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 um, two patches, and then kind of merge between them or yeah. balance between them. So you get quite a lot of, uh, mm. of that going on. So when the Osmos comes out, this would be an amazing instrument for the Osmos to play. Oh, um, one day. You know. <laughs> yeah, one day. So um, really great, though. I mean, what a great idea this is. So how big is the orchestral library again? Because it's not uh, sort of... 44 gigs uh, in size, uh, but it's 129 articulations of 421 presets, which which would be, you know, yeah. uh, built around the EDNA interface. Yeah, it does look good again. Yeah. Uh, and it'd probably be very successful, and it'll probably be quite, I think you'll probably hear it around in a lot of TV and you know these big tv productions um uh, what can you say yeah. i mean Spitfire, amazing collaboration those two working together you know holy cow watch out you know that and i think that's obviously going to be a probably a new standard i think instrument i think will be extremely successful for them yeah it's expensive yeah. it's expensive but it's it's premium, isn't it? It's, it's, it's I suppose premium. It, yeah, there, there is premium. Of course it's premium. I mean, that's, you know, 
that's fair enough. Anyway, I um, mm. just wanted to throw that out there. I, obviously, um, it's. Uh, I think I don't know when the uh, when it runs out. Uh, the deal, but uh, sorry, Rich. You were... Just one more thing: the the patches themselves, as one uses to sell gear, are incredibly enormous and complex, and have tons and tons and tons of stuff going on. And I suspect if I were to get this thing, I'd be using one or two, maybe three layers at the most, not these gigantic, epic, end of yeah. the world, you know, and <laughs> one after another, after another, after another. Like, I think that probably what underlies these things is wonderful. I really do. Yeah. I expect it's fantastic when you start peeling things away. I want to, yeah, I want to hear those, uh, I, I want to hear those uh, Lindus air strings recorded, uh, sam right. resampled into a Mirage, because I love the sound of the Mirage. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being facetious, I really, but yeah, I get you, Rich, it's like, end, end of the world, seven, you know. Your entire yeah. display turns into a two-digit hexadecimal uh, display. In fact, Jeez, well, I did mirage. see, if you... Yeah, I, well, God, do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> the Massos operating system, Your which came picture. in a folder about a floppy disk? Two large floppy numbers and letters. <laughs> yeah, seven F. Let's go. Right, there you go. Yeah. My favorite. Oh man. It's yeah, my favorite well, seven F. F F is always F F is always the good too. <laughs> The world of hex, yeah, wow. Uh, that's that we're, we're heading for a title there somewhere. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. Right, um, we should probably have a word from our friends over at Isotope. Uh, um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get to talk a little bit more about what they were, uh, what they're up to as well, because obviously, uh, oops, there's some news. No, that's not what I was trying to do. Hold on, let me just find this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a bit out of sorts. Where am I looking for? I'm looking for my right, the right button, and then there we go. Thank you very much to our friends at Isotope. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, we thank them for uh, their support of the show. In fact, if you're looking to do some more, if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, uh, then you can use, well, you could use it anyway, save 10% on any of the Isotope products that are not subscriptions or hardware. Use the code SONIC10 at checkout. Save yourself an extra 10%. And that very often applies to uh, new products and deals that are already happening. So very handy little thing there. So thanks once again. We, th we thank them very much for their support. In fact, I suppose we could go straight on to that topic, couldn't we? Because it seems to tie in nicely. Uh, of course, uh, just announced. I mean, this was originally announced. There's the, the, the Soundwide umbrella uh, company or group that was designed to be part of uh, the, um, well, I, mean, I guess part to, to I'm not quite sure what it's for, but it's to, to, to run and bring sound, uh, Native Instruments, Plugin Alliance, and Brainworks, uh, and they're, they're to sort of celebrate this, they are giving away, uh, what is it, Ethereal Earth, which is one of the NI, and uh, six plugins from Plugin Alliance and Brainworks, all free, plus 10% off select products for a limited time. And you might be able to get an extra 10% if you apply the code as on top of that. This is You brought this one up, Rich. This is kind of yet another kind of thing where we're used to the idea of um, 
you know, companies, mergers and acquisitions, you know, we have it all the time. And Isotope, as we know, are a big company. Native Instruments are a big company. And now there's this sort of umbrella group that brings it all together. So you get some sort of, to a degree, the scale of economics and other good stuff, I assume, makes makes it more viable. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? I, what, does the, what does the consumer get out of it, I suppose, is the question that maybe came up from your initial thing. And that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you have an answer to that question or maybe a theory or a, 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 a thesis on the on the subject? I don't know. I have a question. Where does it end? <laughs> because the answer to what are they trying to do is rule the world. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they appear to be succeeding uh, one software company at a time. So sort of one wonders where it ends. Now, that said, I'm happy for everybody's good fortune in this deal, because I imagine everybody's going to make money. And that's a beautiful thing because these people have created and brought us some really, really valuable tools and wonderful things that blew out of the water things that were impossible to do, each of them in their mm. own way. So I love the Plugin Alliance stuff. I love Isotope stuff. Um, I love, I've been using Native Instruments, Lord knows, since there was a Native Instruments, and I, I love a lot of their stuff. So. I guess this is a good thing, maybe, or is this just something that enables them to market more broadly selected bundles? I'm not quite sure, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but I wonder where it ends. In other words, how many more companies are they going to buy? Like where? Well, yeah, you, I mean, you get, to, you get to the situation, it's Megacorp, isn't it? When you get Megacorp, you end up with uh, you, this dystopian kind of vision of the future that we see in Marvel DC and, and kind of Blade Runner and stuff like that. Do we want that? Maybe not. I mean, one of the things that I'm curious about is, now, the, presumably all these little companies, when they were smaller, all had their own individual sort of brain farms where they came up with all this good stuff that made them acquirable and all of those things. But then when they're all in the same company, does there get, are you in danger of getting a kind of homogeny and a kind of, no, that's not, that that idea doesn't fit in with the company? I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing if the auto about. industry is any indication, no, because you have something like General Motors, which has, you know, brand after brand after brand after brand and whatever Daimler Chrysler turned into now and whoever owns it, there's brand after brand after brand after, you know, and if you're a, you know, if you're in the potato chip business, Lay's of Texas has 50 different brands, you know, so I don't think it's really a problem for any of them. And I think they know that, which is why they're all signing up for it. Um, I'm wondering that, that, that makes about, me feel better, Rich. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I am wondering about things getting kicked to the curb. And I have one particular uh, sort of issue right now with my exponential audio reverbs and uh, isotopes rather lukewarm commitment to the idea that I'm going to be able to open the sessions that I based on them. Uh, you know, anytime soon on a recent operating system. So I have some concerns technically mm. about what kinds of things are going to get kicked to the curb as everybody's corporate board starts consolidating. But for the moment, I'm wishing everybody well and I'm hoping for the best. Excellent. I know, guys. It's it, it's it always feels that it goes against the spirit of the kind of creative maverick, doesn't it? When you see all of your favourite tools being kind of subsumed into one megacorp, it just sort of feels somehow it feels wrong. I mean, I'm not saying it is, but it feels like it's. Are we going to get any more punk rock? Are we going to get any more, you know, like acid music? I mean, because of this, I, don't, I mean, I, I am uh, probably overreacting a little bit. What do you think? This probably, this probably more kind of access to DIY and, um, you know, that kind of thing now than ever before. So I feel that if the, you know, the startup maverick does still kind of have a fighting chance, um, you know, the leveling of the internet still is is still a thing, mm. isn't it? Um, but then, then uh, they've got to compete against the megacorp who've got everything yeah. already, you know. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, as Rich said, you know, these are great these are great companies all together in what, you know, if it reinforces those companies and means they stick around, then that is cool because they, you know, they have created incredible, incredible, incredible things. I, I, ozone has been my, has been my um, living for 12, 15 years, maybe. It's been a major mm. part of my living. Uh, it really has. Um, 
So, I suppose the so, danger. I suppose that yeah, I, I agree with you. I suppose the danger is what worries me a little bit is okay. Say, sound wide umbrella company is all cool. Mark Catini, who's the CEO, is probably a cool guy and understands the music industry. But what happens at some point in the future when Elon Musk or somebody else turns up and goes, "I want to buy a controlling interest in this," and because they're operating in that high finance world, they have to yeah. sort of the, and the board says, "Yeah, we want the money." Uh, and they have to sell to him, and then suddenly, uh, you know, billionaire A sort of goes, you know what? I want to, I, I want to throw a spanner in the works and do something that, you know, because I'm a slightly mad, controlling nutcase, but I have the control, so I can do what I want. It, it's the level of control that can happen as it gets more and more and more kind of concentrated. It is, it could be affected by one rogue element or one takeover, one hostile it's, thing. It's that, that's what worries me. That dystopian corporate wars future, isn't it, that we've all kind of <laughs> dreaded, is a, it, 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 it is a step towards that. Ah! If, yeah. if I may I've... just interrupt you here. <laughs> Please, I, I don't bring think us that back. they're going to consolidate all of their operations under one roof in some place in the world. In other words, I think these companies continue to essentially operate as they have with a different financial and corporate structure overseeing everything. So I doubt very seriously that... Isotope is picking up from Cambridge, Massachusetts and moving to Dirk's hometown over by Plug and Alliance so that they can achieve this. Like, I think mostly people aren't going to lose their jobs and things are going to go along as they had and it's going to be good for business and everybody benefits. And I really I'm serious. I really do hope it goes that way. But I just do wonder where it ends. And yeah, uh, if, if what well, you end up with then what? One company, yeah, one one company. Anyway, um, that's probably you know, it's uh, that's uh, thus endeth the uh, acquisitions and merger section of the show, which I think is you know you may you may find that you know it's a little dry, but it, these things are going to affect everybody, so we have to think yeah. about them and maybe you know I think it's good to discuss. Right, uh, what else can we find? Uh, let's go sort of slightly off piste and wacky. Then that seems like a good place to go now. This is the new Wingy 2 Resonator, which is from the the rather uh, um, unusual mind of a chap called Menkri. Uh, this thing was actually selling for 135 bucks, quite hard to find now. But this is actually Chris Calcutt uh, doing, which who may well be in the chat. Uh, he's doing this on a bunch of Novation kit. And it's essentially a, a, a stereo, portable stereo resonator with an input, two mics, also MIDI input. And it's just some of the stuff that is coming out of it is absolutely beautiful. And I'm, I'm, I just thought well, this is the, the antithesis of corporate. This is kind of guy in garage. Uh, I think he sells buy or you were able to buy them on uh, Perfect Circuit and uh, uh, and whatnot. And I, I, let me just take it on a bit because there's something gets. Ah, oh, yeah, it's a nice, actually, it's a great video just generally from uh, Chris Calcutt, so well worth checking out. This looked lovely, and it's just because it's, it falls into that kind of pocket operator sort of Casio VL tone, but 135 bucks. I mean, I don't know much about resonators. Are they essentially kind of self oscillating high Q filters? Is that what I'm, am I right with that, or am I, am I way off? Because I don't know enough about them. I don't know electronically whether that's accurate but it sounds right to me um based on, <laughs> hey, I'll based take on it. how they act when we're when we're using them um people love the thing in the polymog that did this and 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 i get what he's doing first of all i love this guy and his passion i went to his website looked at his other designs and this guy is just really deeply into it and i dig that um and this is a cool thing that he's made here I don't know how many people need it, but I think it would be fun to have it. No, no, as you point out, it's yeah. 130. I, I actually didn't see a price, so 135 bucks. Okay, it's an actual that's piece ridiculous. of hardware, so it's got to yeah, cost something. Yeah, that's really it's cheap. It's got to cost something. Yeah, yeah, and it's got barely any graphics. <laughs> it's pretty funny. There's like all these unlabeled buttons, and like, okay, I guess you just get to know after a while what you're doing on the thing. But. Uh, he made some nice sounds with it, and I understand where he's coming from, and I think it's a beautiful thing, and I wish him every good Absolutely. Absolutely. I th Gaz, I suspect this is the sort of thing, you know, because there's that, uh, what's the sound garden thing, which is resonators and really strange springs yeah. that kind of, I can't remember the make of it, it's like that, but 
this looks like yeah, the sort of thing that you might yeah, yeah the leaf audio sound it, it sort of falls yeah. into that category to a degree mm. yeah um this oh my goodness I, I want it. I want it now. And I'm going to cry and scream until it's in my hands now. <laughs> Maybe he'll get to make some more. Yeah. It looks like a very uh, homemade sort of thing, doesn't it? So if you take a load of um, resonances and you tune each of those resonances into, uh, into a note until you've got chromatic, uh, until you've got a load, of, uh, that's what you're doing. You're playing tuned resonances off that little keyboard so whatever in whatever sound you put in it's then it's like the you know the filter is being resonated to those and that you ping it like you say so hit it with a signal and it fire, starts the resonator off i guess right uh, no, uh, that, i think that's that each, oh okay sorry yeah uh, but um but the fact is you've got those two microphones on there so you can just straight away be playing with whatever sound it is around slapping it and singing or whatever into it um be beautiful i think it's an amazing lovely instrument there's a fantastic uh scanner video where he's playing yeah it, where he yeah. plays with it uh and that's really good scanner is a perfect match for this i think um but also you could imagine if you combine this with one of those uh microcosm pedals the um what you mean a massive reverb <laughs> how right you are gaz i i think i'm with you there <laughs> <laughs> no, but i mean you know you could just spend the rest of your life in that space then just just completely happy you know just sort of zen space maybe some soup and occasional visit to the toilet but done you know, I'm done. Yeah, I'm really happy. <laughs> it's funny. I, I think because I think there's a decay control because there must be a feedback loop or a resonance that lets it go. So, so the note would la last for a long time. So it's presumably got some you've kind got of. Decay, you've got a decay on one of those sliders. Is a decay. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and then, uh, but you can do it. You can control it with MIDI as well. I think. Um, yeah. Yes, you can. Really simple. Yeah. But lovely. Yeah, lovely I, I like it. I'm glad it exists in the world, although you can't get it at the moment. It's sold out. But <laughs> thanks to uh, Chris Midiera for uh, bringing it to my attention, even though we can't buy. I mean, 135 bucks is, I mean, it's ridiculously cheap. Maybe the guy's fingers got worn to the nub because he can't possibly be making any money on that. I mean, that, that that's retail price. That's crazy. Digital Village have got it listed for 148 quid. And wow. they're saying delivery time they go in when do they say uh may i think um oh okay oh, well may the, fifth. may the fifth yeah should so. be the fourth really just just cause you know but hey <laughs> what the hell yeah, yeah uh, uh, no great okay brilliant well i hope everybody enjoys that yeah that's the uh, uh the resonator this was the piece uh that we have uh see uh, there's a couple of videos. Yeah, the Wingy 2, that's the video from uh, uh, Robin Rimbo, a.k.a. Scanner. And, yeah, oh. very nice. A nice, quick, a nice bit of... One quick, thing, yeah. one quick thing. The instructions are all printed on the back of it. I just, just saw a ah. picture of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really good. nice. Yeah, yeah, good, good move. Excellent. Well, maybe you know that—that's the sort of thing that we like. To, you know, I suppose that's the sort of thing that we may wor we worry that in a large corporate entity, those things might not bubble to the surface so often. Um, but I'm, I could be wrong. It depends on how it's managed. So uh, let's—I won't go there again. The instructions <laughs> Sorry, are in Chinese. The instructions are in Chinese and English as well, equally. And I just think that's really nice as well. Mm -hmm. sort of. yeah. So imagine, yeah, you mean you mean it's it's like one of those weird things where I'm, I, I'm trying to think there are films where people are, you know show your English is very good. How did you learn it? I learned it listening to Radio 4 or the World Service. <laughs> I listened to it reading reading the, the back of a, uh, a wingy two. <laughs> so my vocabulary is somewhat limited, but I can speak in terms of uh, resonators and synthesizers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know how to press multiple notes together. <laughs> and I know really how to say it in yeah, excellent. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, let me get on to uh, where we're going next. I, I, it's hard to know where to go. There's so. Oh, I know. I'm going to go a little bit nostalgic, just purely because uh, we've been digging up these archives, and I've been pretending, I've been playing with them a little bit, and uh, I just wanted to. Uh, I, I've got a video, and this was. I think this is one of the ones that we don't get to see many videos like this anymore. And this was from Nam 2003, which I think was our maybe our first or second video Nam. 
side. All right, what we have here is the Creative Prodigies, the world's first music and PC keyboard all in one. So anyone can work and with one touch of a button, play music right on their PC. You have 37 touch sensitive MIDI keys. Is that Brian Adams? I think it is. To enjoy that dates it. And I was looking at this and I was thinking, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind one of those now. I think that could be kind of handy. Whatever happened to it? I mean, it just didn't really, you know. But yeah, these. this is the, uh, we, we posted a whole bunch of archives. This was the stuff. And there's some great stuff here. There's some, uh, we did a, a thing with Bob Moog and Dave Smith and uh, Rupert Neve. Sadly, both of those are not with us anymore. Uh, the Roland Phantom S with Scott Tibbs. Open Labs Workstation. Roland Varios. I mean, there's it's just an amazing microcosm and there's uh, Andrea Schneider's there the first super brief one I'm sure we went we we were going back we I think we started going in 2000 so we started doing videos so I, I know I thought this was kind of fun not all that too. difference apart from apart from the aspect ratio and the resolution maybe has changed somewhat but <laughs> yeah I don't care about any of that but listening to Bob Moog sell me a Moog Voyager priceless listening yeah. to uh, Rupert Neve selling me some sort of guitar transduction system priceless <laughs> dave smith yep. talking to me about a devolver i'm down I, I i got lost in these videos i was having such a blast you know it's that's fun to me is hearing these guys talk to you you know from beyond because you know in Bob's yeah I, I i wasn't sure i did feel a little bit i was thinking am i being a bit kind of clickbaity by doing this i didn't really want it to be that it was more just this is a record so we we went back and i just i was retrieving stuff off you know network drives some drives didn't spin up so we didn't have the high resolution stuff because a lot of this stuff we ended up posting in real audio those ones which were about 120 and and honestly they were so so tiny and the workflow back then was just insanely complex and difficult and very time consuming because we recorded to tape back there but you know great fun i know gaz it's it's i mean you've been to you've been to nam you know you uh, both of everybody here has been to nam but i mean just seeing some of that early stuff it's it's surprisingly similar to the way it it, it still is yeah. or will be in june i mean we're going in june as well seeing uh, the big motu stand and seeing the big stand you know just kind of going oh yeah i, I found them really interesting uh, they are it's lovely actually it's almost like they're like museum pieces now though aren't they i mean it's uh uh what it's nearly 20 years old footage what 19 years old footage um yeah and it's it's just uh, i think it, it's it's lovely pre youtube era i mean it does kind of show that youtube what's 2006 is it youtube yeah, well, we were yeah we were doing video yeah. before that. Uh, I mean, videos you know, then fit you know I doff my cap. You know, incredible! What amazing work you've done over the years to keep us entertained and you know bringing us those. That you know. Well, thank I, you. Before, yeah, I'm always glued to the you know getting those updates when you know when you're way back when. Uh, so exciting! So I think you know it's definitely amazing service you've done for us all. So thank you. You know, I think these well, that's very kind of you to say. I wasn't fishing. I'll be fair. No, I mean, no, but, but it should be said. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> sticking at it all this time. Keep yeah, positive. still doing it. Um, uh, yeah, incidentally, we've got a new YouTube channel. I've posted the link. It's uh, YouTube Sonic State Extra, which is where I'm posting because I'm pretty sure most of our subscribers do not want to get you know. 30 notifications from a trade show from 15 years ago <laughs> coming in their inbox so but there will be more stuff i mean we've got i've gone back because uh, i think we started posting a lot of our show videos maybe 2007 2008 and there's a whole bunch of stuff besides that that's not there in fact there's some peter gabriel stuff on the channel uh there's some uh adrian utley stuff which i've got yet to post it's just a question of kind of get working through it but there's a whole bunch of stuff there it's great fun and there's a lot of things oh yeah we had dope fur we had waldorf i'm just trying to look at some of the other things we had uh like we say hair schneiders oh let's get my mouse up where's my mouse gone there it is and uh earwave uh dave smith dope fur Earwave. yeah there was a whole ton of stuff anyway so yeah just thought that was a fun piece um okay right uh back on to more or other subjects perhaps what are we uh what are we looking at here um 
it's hard. I mean, some of these are a little bit sort of heavy duty, but one of the ones that did come up was this. Uh, that Did you see the Ed Sheeran play, plagiarism case, which I think is is actually quite interesting. And I know as soon as you mentioned the word Ed Sheeran, people kind of, he's, some people kind of think of him as sort of musical pollution, you know, which I don't agree with. I think he's a very talented guy. He's just, it's just, a, you, he's just everywhere, which makes him feel like he's a big target but they recently won the case him and his songwriting partner uh run, won the case where they were um <clears throat> uh sammy switch oh uh, 2015 up against his uh, ed sheeran's massive smash which was uh, the shape of you and i listened to it and it's like you know it's pretty tenuous I, I to my ear i'm not a musicologist but i suggest if i play a tiny bit of the video because they're gonna they're going to slaughter me for the copyright. But if I play a tiny I'm bit of this. I'm happy we can move on and um, get back to writing songs. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it just makes, all of it makes me sad. All of it. Right, that's all I'm going to do because it's it's actually a really interesting thing. One of the things that comes across is him and his songwriting partner. They basically do this every day, and people kind of are saying, "We don't believe you wrote that song in half an hour or an hour and a half." He said, "Yeah, we do. We do. We regularly write four or five songs a day. That's what I do all day." And there's just some really interesting points made in there, whether or not you desire uh, Ed Sheeran's company or not. But the thing for me that was very interesting is they say, "Look, there are so many notes," and there, there was a there was a. Uh, um, something that they said to George Harrison, you know, about George Harrison, which said, when I go to the keyboard to play notes, I'm worried that I might play a note, somebody else's note, you know, and, it, and I think that's more and more becoming a thing. It's, it's actually quite hard to be original. I mean, goodness knows the classical composers found it difficult enough. They were always borrowing off each other. So it's quite an interesting thing. I know, Rich, I suspect you have an opinion on this because it's, I mean, you know, you play in a band that are the originator of many uh, copycats or borrows or tributes, however you may want to call it. And it's a very, I mean, it's a minefield. I mean, I can't imagine, well, you know, it, <clears throat> yeah. No, Rogers could go on about this subject for a long time, but you'll find that he's incredibly charitable about the whole thing once uh, precedent was established and it became clear that there would have to be some form of compensation. Um, and I mean, we've appeared on stage with the Sugar Hill Gang doing that, so you know it, it's all good. It's all good now, but um, at least as far as I understand it. Now, as far as this case goes, I didn't think that they had much of a case for plagiarism based on one motif that isn't exactly the same, but is very similar, and it all derives from various other things too. So, does Harry Belafonte show up now with, um, you know? Uh, Deo and say, well, you guys are really all just copying me. I mean, you know, so where does that end? It's just a motif that was probably improvised in the studio and just happens to be remotely similar to a motif from some other piece of music. And it, it was, it's not like it's a stolen melody. It's, it's, I thought it was a silly case and I felt that the right decision was reached. And I don't have any particular feeling about Ed Sheeran, except that when I see him, I always think he sounds really talented. And that one time we were all cleared out of a backstage area so that he could go to the bathroom or something. I don't know. But uh, other than that, <laughs> I have no feeling about Ed Sheeran and I have no animosity towards Ed Sheeran. So I think that in this case, he got the right call because I don't think he stole anything from anybody. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it to me. I know, Gas. I mean, it's difficult, though, isn't it? The, the, the notion of you know how do you, how can you be original? I mean, there are so there are a lot of factors to be original, but it's kind of difficult, particularly perhaps when you're an artist like Edger and who, by his nature, is is kind of pop and quite middle of the road in many ways, but you know, still doesn't yeah. take away from his talent. You know. Well, this is quite an interesting video, to be fair, and it is it is worth watching, especially for the conclusion where the journalist asks them where you know what would you do if you heard some of your music being used? You know, would you go after them? And they're like, no, you know, they hear it all the time. The amount of people who've been kind of ripping edge here and off is probably ludicrous. You know, the amount of, you know, they say they hear their thing in it. And, but Johnny McDade, the co-writer, he says, to be honest, it makes me feel like I'm connected to something when he hears it coming back, which I thought was quite yeah. sweet. You know, Elvis Costello recently sort of, uh, was it the um, um, Olivia Rodriguez, is that the right person, who did a track that's got down, 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 like Pump It Up riff by Elvis Costello. And he was asked about it. He was like, you know, I kind of got that 
song from uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues of Dylan. You know, you, that's that was the inspiration for it. On it goes, on it goes, on it goes. So this is sickening when this stuff comes up, and I kind of sympathised with uh, with them because they are having to go through all of this stuff, and ultimately, it's it's like I suppose, well, yeah. Well, they film every session, every writing session. Yeah, now. that's the thing he said. Since, since I think there was another song that happened, and, and he settled because he yeah. was on tour, and didn't have time for it. And now he, I, he said afterwards, I, I, I don't want to play it anymore. It feel I can now, but for yeah. ages I couldn't play it because it made me feel bad. And he said, I wish yeah. I hadn't settled because really, you know, that wasn't the case. So yeah, it's, it was interesting. I just think it's it's an interesting in, a take on it, and it, they are quite emotive about it. And they said the rush that you get from coming up with essentially a, a banger, and you feel the feeling that you feel the euphoria. He said that is just the best feeling ever, and it's sort of tainted a little bit because you then think, hold on a minute, is this going to cause any trouble? Have we touched on something else? I mean, you know, that's yeah. I just thought that was that's kind of sad as well, and. I mean, he knows his stuff. I've, I've seen him sort of when they've, they've played songs and he's got mentioned the band, he goes, oh, yeah, I know all the lyrics. To, you know, he, he's a craftsman in his job and that's fine. But, yeah, whether you like it yes. or not, he's still, a, he's still a, you know, he's an artisan, I suppose they are. Um, uh, yeah, let's not dwell on it too much because it is, it is just a bit depressing, isn't it? But I think the, the, the litigious... One thing, actually, one, before I go, one thing he did say is, um, is that, you know, you can find a music, musicologist who could make a case and then you could go to an organisation and they'd say, right, we're withholding the, ro the royalties for this until it's proved otherwise. And you just think, you know, that's that's risk because there's... It's, it's like those copyright banks, people who just buy a whole load of stuff up or patents that just so that they can sue people who might infringe them, even though nobody might know that that's one of the aspects of it. It sort of feels like you could head into that territory quite easily, and that that's not a good place for anything to, to drive any kind of creative industry. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I almost forgot. For goodness sake, what on earth was I thinking? This is uh, the teaser from Oberheim. And I really do want uh, some of these uh, beer mats, uh, not those beer mats. Oh, is that my phone? Yes, this is a kind of uh, welcome back. Marcus Ryle, Dave Smith, Tom Oberheim. Nice. This is the good. This is the feel-good thing. It seems like everybody. I mean, I know Dave's been working with uh, Tom Oberheim with the kind of uh, the, the 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 update to the OBE, and you know everybody seems to be pushing some really good energy. Mostly driven by Marcus Ryle, who used to work with Tom many years back, and they're pushing all this energy to try and get some of you know some of the good vibes. And I guess this started when. Uh, uh, Behringer sort of gave back the trademarks, which I think Marcus Ryle brokered the deal. And, you know, in some ways, I, I think that all of that, that that kind of outrage and, you know, the, 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 the bad feeling that started that and, and they finally got it back kind of helped make the brand of Tom more front and centre. So in some ways it may have helped, you know, particularly if they're now launching their own stuff. I mean, I assume that's what this is about. We're going to see some Oberheim stuff. I guess the question is, what what do you want it to be? <laughs> what would you like? Oh, you mean in terms of the next instrument? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I can't, I have to recuse myself from this conversation. Ah, uh, okay. much. Um, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> that said, um, it's really great to see Tom Oberheim get some love at this point in his career and in his life. Yeah. It's really just such a heartwarming thing for me to see because, first of all, the instruments were spectacular, and he is so richly deserving of the praise and of the attention. Secondly, I've met him and he's a really, really nice man. And third, yeah, it just doesn't usually happen during somebody's lifetime that this gets to happen again, like for him, and he still wants it to. And that's yeah. that's all so cool. And I'm just spiritually so pleased by this in a sea of things I'm less pleased about. Yeah, that, I uh, suppose that's I it. It's, it's a rare... 
It's a rarity. It's like a heartwarming. It's like an and finally story, I suppose. But it's probably <laughs> right. It's it's so far into our kind of niche. I mean, I assume we're going to see some Oberheim stuff. You know, I mean, I would personally like to see uh, the the. The, the, the four voice uh, I think that's a beautiful or the two voice that's a lovely thing I know they did some stuff but yeah, yeah it's great a it's a great voice. story isn't it yeah I know I suppose he's, but he's uh, maybe voice. that's true the two voice how the bad two do voice I bro. want one of those my god the first I very, thing I yeah. saw yeah. was the two voice after I saw the individual module with Andrew had uh, hooked up to his micromog but um the first instrument with a keyboard I saw by Oberheim was the two voice and I was enthralled by the idea. Yeah. I just loved it. It was fantastic. And then the and it, sang, it sounds so, so good. Uh, Chevy Trailer, who might be in the chat room, uh, tall Technomatic, I think is what he's called now. Uh, he lent me, he came down and, and said, try this. And it was, I just honestly, I was like, wow, I need to buy a two voice pro, but I just thought I can't afford, I can't spend two grand on an instrument at that particular time. Uh, I know, guys. Yeah, it was good. What a great story, though. Eh? Yeah, amazing. I'm I'm kind of curious if there's going to be any focus right novation uh involvement in some in whatever's coming because obviously sequential now. I mean, ultimately, oh, I suppose part of the well, yeah, yeah. focus right LLC, isn't it? it? Is yeah, yeah. Which you know we've speculated about what good things could happen and come from that. So you know, so maybe it 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 will mean that um, they will be a little bit more affordable, perhaps and otherwise is something you know uh and that's what i would like uh to see from this is you know not not like a budget instrument i wouldn't expect that but just something that is sort of affordable and i don't know what affordable is anymore um uh, in, in terms of a polysynth given what's happened over the last few years um yeah difficult but, to know isn't it but i mean with original uh oberheim electronics in it i mean it's going to be you know it would be uh, expensive, I would imagine, or what we consider to be expensive. Or, you know, it depends on how you view it. You yeah, know, it's like... Well, if if, because though, it, if if Tom... Tom's probably got amazing modern ideas, though, hasn't he, as well? That kind of, that like, um, rather than a retread, you know, a retread of the past. <clears throat> maybe so, yeah. Maybe so. You know, yeah. Um, Perhaps some insight into the kinds of other products than the premium top line products that we you know all dream of uh to expect would be best gauged in a conversation with dave smith about his experiences in that marketplace with the i believe there was something mm. called mofo m-o-p-h-o if i'm not mistaken and uh there yeah. were some other smaller dave smith products that sold to a less expensive market and he has used different pricing tiers in his sales experience so how that plays out for these guys on a business level you know you know uh, effort effort versus you know reward uh will be best determined i would think by somebody who's done it like him yeah you're absolutely right yeah, you're right. I mean, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's going to be whatever it's going to be. It's got it's got to be very Oberheim because otherwise, what's of the point? But yeah, we we'll look forward to it. Of course, of course, we we'll look forward to it. Do you think he is then hands on in the designs of new things, or you know, or is it just like the using of his name? I, ima I mean, I imagine, I imagine it's more of a, going to be more of a consultant le level, just purely because he's you know he's eighty something. He's yeah, he's probably you know, he's he's pretty he's, he's pretty fit yeah. and healthy. I mean, I'm not saying he's yeah. kind of yeah. you know falling apart or anything, but I imagine he's you know he doesn't need to be working till three in the morning mm -hmm. slaving over uh, CAD drawings or anything like that. I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Very good. Anyway, nice. I'm glad we got that in there. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. It's been a lovely show as ever. Um, I will be, will we back? I, I think, I'm hoping that uh, I managed to snaffle to Heinbach for uh, a forthcoming Sonic Talk. So uh, I'm hoping we'll get to see, speak to him. I'm, gonna, I'm just finalizing some details. And uh, yeah, we're working on some other, other bits and pieces. Uh, like I say, if you didn't see, check out the Golf Rap video, uh, the, the rig rundown. Very popular, actually, because you started that with the... Uh, uh, with the Tangerine Dream one, but uh, the Gulf Rat one seems to have gone as well. So, yeah, good. Great. Cool. Th thank yeah, you for thanks. starting all that off. Okay, well, uh, thank you to all our chatties uh, in the chat room uh, and all the various chat rooms. We'll be back with our new super-duper uh, 
um, stuff soon. And thanks to uh, to Wagyu for keeping the cross-posting going to the limited degree that is working at the moment. Uh, Rich, lovely to see you. Um, I, I don't know if you're are you going to be in London on the 23rd? 23rd of April, I'm going to be at the British Library doing the sound for the Moog Ensemble. So, Oh, how I wish I were going to be in London on that day. But no, uh, I don't know exactly when it is. But the next time I'm going to be in London is sometime uh, in the second half of May. Ah, um, uh, okay. Uh, we'll, and then I'm we'll going to be around a lot, like 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 a mosquito. I'll be around. around. <laughs> we will probably get together then. Then that'll be fantastic. Thank you very much. But lovely to Thank see you, you Rich, uh, and we'll you see guys. you again soon. And of course, Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, you'll be going live tonight. Is it eight o'clock the usual time? Is that the plan? Yeah. Have you ever seen on it? Yes, eight p.m. tonight. Eight p.m. tonight. Have you ever seen a transient boost? So essentially, a transient shape, but a boost on a distortion pedal. No. Before. That's interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's, that's for drums. Presumably, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you get yeah, more pick, sense. more thwack from the pick. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, you know, what a cool little box this is. So join me 8 p.m. and we'll explore it together. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Nick. Thanks very much. Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it for Sonic Talk episode uh, 710. Uh, we'll be back next time for 711, uh, which we could, maybe if we could get, a, could, does 711 still exist? Have we got time to get a sponsorship in place? <laughs> Excellent, I'll work on it. <laughs> of course they do, right. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, everybody. That is it for now. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.